It is Friday, September 27th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 4 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool now on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks, you can also find all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. He's got you covered for cash games, for GPP lineups. I'll throw in some showdown stuff for Sunday night and Monday night, assuming there's time over the weekend. But I don't know if I'll help you as much as Jared anyway, because I should be listening to his advice at this point. I got blowed up in the round three of the crown is ass challenge. Jared, why don't you tell the folks what you did, right? Uh, Kyle Allen gave me four touchdowns at minimum. So that, that, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I pretty much got ceiling games from Christian McCaffrey and Keenan Allen. Love getting McCaffrey in cash game all lineups on DraftKings. The usage is crazy. And same thing with Keenan Allen. I mean, his usage through three weeks is just unbelievable. You know, he, he's getting the best usage among wide receivers so far. Yeah. I don't remember honestly why I didn't use Keenan Allen <laughs> in the form. Christian McCaffrey. I, I mean, I could go back and make the argument for, going to the other guys in the range, but uh, I think not playing Keenan Allen was bad. It, overall, I think I let ownership rates get into my head too much last week. It definitely pushed me away from Mike Evans, who was projected mm-hmm. for higher ownership than Chris Godwin. I don't remember for sure, but I think outside of this contest, I think it pushed me away from Keenan Allen a bit too. Chris Carson, of course, killed me everywhere, but I mean, the unexpected game flow there, I think, was more the culprit than the fumble early in the game because I never would have guessed that Seattle would be up by that Seattle would be down by two plus touchdowns by the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, I still don't think Chris Carson was a bad play, especially once we found out that Rashad Penny wasn't going to play in that game. We'll both be back at it this week. We'll show our lineups on Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, Jared. Please tell me who to play as my cash quarterback. I mean, I, I might be playing the guy you played last week, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I'm sort of just sick of not having Mahomes in my cash lineup. DraftKings just hasn't priced him high enough yet. He's 7500 bucks, but Mahomes so far through three weeks, he's averaging 398 yards and 3.3 touchdowns per game. We haven't projected for 327 yards and 2.6 touchdowns. So, you know, that's down pretty significantly from what he's done, but he still pops as the best dollars per point value at quarterback so again I, you know, I think I think he should be priced in the 8,000s and until he is I think he definitely makes sense in cash games assuming you can you know feel comfortable with the rest of your lineup yeah still leads our DK dollars per point even though Jared knocked down my projections for Patrick Mahomes <laughs> start the week yeah, yeah. I mean it, it, paying up for Mahomes certainly didn't fail for me last week he topped 30 DraftKings points it didn't necessarily pay off because that was only five points ahead of what Kyle Allen did. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's certainly not a knock on playing Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. On the cash side, I'll take a look at the Giants-Washington game. Dan- Daniel Jones is 5,300. Case Keenum's 4,900. I-, I mean, every time that I kind of scoff at playing the questionable QB who's really low-priced on DraftKings, it seems like it works out. <laughs> it-, it rarely, you know, there have been times like Kevin Hogan comes to mind where it really didn't work out, but it seems like more often than not, it's at least okay for cash games. Yeah. I mean, when you get quarterbacks, you know, in the four thousands and especially, especially in the low four thousands, it's kind of tough. I mean, at that point you're looking for 
I don't know, 16 to 20 points and you're happy. And it's, it's kind of tough for a quarterback to not hit that point total, assuming he plays the whole game. I'm also considering, though, Russell Wilson. And I think where I go exactly will depend on the lineup construction and, and how much money I need. But at $6,100, Russell Wilson is definitely not too expensive for the safety that he brings. Even in week one, he was QB 18. He was he scored over 18 points. That would have been much closer to starter territory in week two. Yeah. Through two, two touchdown passes in that game, even though Seattle only attempted 20 passes. So that is the ultimate floor, I think, for Russell Wilson, assuming he doesn't get hurt. And he plays a bad Cardinals defense this week. So I think even if he ends up only throwing 24, 25 times, he could come away with three touchdowns in that kind of scenario. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Russ this week. That volume floor coupled with the price tag has me probably shying away from him in cash games, but I do have him here as my top tournament play. Wilson has been efficient throughout his career, but he, he's sitting on career highs right now in completion rate, 71%, in yards per attempt, 8.6. His running, too, has come back a little bit. You know, We saw the big rushing game last week, but now through three weeks, he's averaging 5.7 carries per game. That's up from 4.2 carries per game last year, so that obviously helps. And then the matchup, we've talked about the Cardinals. The three quarterbacks to face Arizona so far have scored 31.6 DraftKings points, 33.9, and 25.3. I'll take all of that. I'll certainly keep Russell Wilson in mind as I build my tournament lineups. I will also look at Case Keenum, though, at 4900 bucks. Certainly more attractive as a tournament QB than a cash one because, mm-hmm. you know, he's a little bit volatile. But he comes in fourth in dollars per point on DraftKings in our projections. He's facing the league's second worst defense overall and second worst against the pass in the Giants, according to Football Outsiders. The third friendliest defense to fantasy QB scoring so far. And Keenum himself is QB 10 in fantasy points so far this year, fourth in the league in passing yards, tied for fourth in passing touchdowns. He went from not practicing on Wednesday with his foot injury to a full practice Thursday. So I'm not worried about that with him. What I am concerned with is Terry McLaurin, who popped Mm -hmm. up Thursday on the injury report with a hamstring injury. Now, if McLaurin's not going to play in that game, I'm going to get a little bit shakier on Case Keenum, and I might be more willing to shift instead toward Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford at 5500 bucks, But that's where my primary focus is going to be, I believe. Yeah, and the Washington beat writer said this morning that McLaurin wasn't on the field for the start of Friday's practice, so not probably not looking good for him to play, which sucks because you know he he was going to be a good play, I think, too, at forty five hundred bucks. We we kind of think though now pivot to Paul Richardson, who's at thirty seven hundred bucks, and you know would would be the best bet for targets in Washington. Yeah, you don't sound excited. I mean, I'm definitely a lot <laughs> less interested in the whole situation if. Yeah. Uh, F1 or Scary Terry or whatever people want to call him. I don't like Scary yeah. Terry, by the way. That sounds like a kid's show. I don't like any of this freaking nickname talk. Who cares? Why Why does he need a nickname out of out of anyone? <laughs> because he's been awesome so far. That's why. Yeah, a lot of guys have been awesome. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm sick of the whole thing. All right. Well, then I'll move away from it. Move on to running back. <laughs> what do you like for cash running backs? Um, I got two guys here, uh, I think, that are both good values. on Johnson's the first one at 5400 bucks. Last week, he played 75% of the Lions offensive snaps, 20 of the 25 running back carries. Still saw just one target. That's the concern. But he did run a pass route on 53% of Stafford's drop back. So I, I do think you know he's a better target bet, especially in this game, with the Lions likely to be playing from behind. And Johnson's also a good bet for strong rushing efficiency. Um, the Chiefs are dead last in run defense, according to both football outsiders and pro football focus. They've allowed 6.2 yards per carry to running back so far. I think Marlon Mack is somebody you might shy away from a little bit on DraftKings, but I don't think you should. At 6,100, he's certainly not too expensive. Leads league in carry so far. Been on the field for passing situations. Not huge targets so far, but 
certainly a shot for those targets to pick up if they need to throw him the ball in this game, if they are not as far ahead as Vegas is projecting. And if T.Y. Hilton does miss the game, as seems kind of likely at this point with the quad injury, I think that they're going to be looking elsewhere for targets anyway. And Jacoby Brissett likes to work in the short range. So I think Marlon Mack is a pretty safe option this week. And I'm considering Rex Burkhead, even in cash, he seems like more of a tournament play because we have no idea what New England's really going to do with that backfield. But at $4,400, I mean, Rex Burkhead does not have to dominate backfield touches to pay off. He basically needs to get us nine DraftKings points. And between touchdown upside and reception potential, I think that it's a decent bet that he gets to those nine points. Also a chance that he scores multiple touchdowns in this game and plays ahead of Sonny Michel in a game that should favor running back usage for the Patriots. Yeah, give me give me Wayne Gallman over Rex Burkhead for cash. Ooh. I don't know if you disagree with that or not. Yeah, I will take <laughs> I will take a better player and a better offense. I'll take the volume with Wayne Gallman. Um, you know, the the Giants didn't sign anyone this week, which surprised me. They promoted that John Hillman from the practice squad, but I, you know, I think I, I expect Gallman to play eighty plus percent of the Giants' offensive snaps on Sunday. I think his floor is probably 15 touches and it's you know about as good a spot as the Giants are going to be in all season at home for the Redskins they're favored they have the seventh highest implied total of the week so give me Gallman in that volume yeah the thing that bothers me there is he's going to be highly owned for just those reasons and after Saquon Barkley left last week's game Wayne Gallman carried five times and saw zero targets with the rookie quarterback in there, uh, you know, yeah. is he going to do more this week? Absolutely. But I think that we are all overrating Wayne Gallman, at, at least on the certainty of touches front. The five carries last week don't surprise me because they were playing from behind. You know, it was, it was a big comeback. You know, the zero targets is a bit concerning, but, you know, smaller sample size. He was coming into the game, you know, off the bench. He caught a decent amount of balls, 30-something balls as a rookie, and he caught a bunch of balls at Clemson. So I think, you know, again, as a three down back, he's going to be on the field and he's a capable pass catcher. So I think, you know, two to four catches makes sense for him. Yep. Certainly makes sense. He's not going to be on my team. So I'll let him take others down. And I don't think I'm going to miss out on anything special with him. <laughs> Alrighty. On the tournament side, what are you playing? Yeah. Marlon Max, my tournament guy. I can't argue with him as a cash play. I just, if I'm going to spend 6,100, I like, you know, having a bigger pass catching projection from my running back, but I, I definitely see the upside. I mean, you know, he could get the 100 yard bonus on DraftKings. He could, he could score twice in this spot against a pretty bad uh, Raiders run defense. So is price difference between him and carry on Johnson, the big difference in needing those projected receptions? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 700 bucks is enough for me to prefer Carrion Johnson, even though, you know, again, we haven't seen the huge passing game usage yet. Gotcha. On the tournament side, I'm not going to overthink it, and I'm going to say Austin Eckler is at 8000 bucks is the guy I want to get in there. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is the, the shorter bet for high carry volume. Eckler's coming off just a nine-carry game against the Texans, but still saw seven targets in that game. He's seen at least six in every game, and Eckler's the guy I think that this week could have that huge ceiling game that just punishes the teams that don't have him, especially if Justin Jackson, who suffered a calf injury in Thursday's practice, is not playing in that game. That would only mean more touches for Eckler and more of a reason for him to stay on the field after the game pretty much inevitably becomes a blowout. They're playing the Dolphins, who even if you take away the two defensive touchdowns that the Patriots scored in their matchup, the Dolphins have still allowed four more touchdowns than any other team in the league. Eckler is $800 cheaper than McCaffrey, 
who had who does have a tougher matchup overall. I don't think McCaffrey's matchup is terrible, but it's a tougher matchup than Miami for sure. And then the slate doesn't have Alvin Kamara. It doesn't have Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook is facing the Bears. So obviously a much tougher spot for him. Right. Just saw an update that Justin Jackson's in a walking boot today. Ooh. So I would at this point bet against him playing. You know, I, I do think in cash games, you probably want at least one of uh, Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. I was leaning towards McCaffrey when I thought Jackson would play. But if Jackson's out, I think Eckler with the $800 savings is probably a bit better of a value. Yeah, I agree. Just because I, I think the Chargers are a much better bet to score a bunch of points. Both teams could, yeah. but I think the Chargers are a much better bet to score a bunch of points this week. Yep. If you're disappointed that I mentioned one of the most highly owned running backs, then sneakier <laughs> mid-range option, I would say Chris Carson at 5,700 still in play. <laughs> Pete Carroll says he's going to stick with him. And Arizona has allowed two straight opponents to stop, to top, not stop, top. 170 yards rushing. Yep, Carson's on my list. Um, you know, we'll see when I actually make lineups if I, you know, have have the guts to actually go with them. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Over at wide receiver, what are you playing for cash? Uh, Tyler Lockett here. Talked about him on the FanDuel podcast. He's not as great a value on DraftKings, but 6,300 bucks. I th- still think that's too cheap for him. 26 targets for Lockett over the past two weeks after that quiet debut. Only six wide receivers have seen more air yards than Lockett over the past two weeks. So, you know, he, he was used a bunch around the line of scrimmage in that uh, week two game against the Steelers, but got more downfield shots last week. Then the matchup is obviously great against Arizona, especially for Lockett in the slot. Only one team has allowed more fantasy points to slot receivers than the Cardinals so far. Yeah, I was mad at myself for not playing some Tyler Lockett last week, but I will not miss out when Sammy Watkins has another big game. He is at 6,700, so 400 more than Tyler Lockett, but also a great bet for targets. He hits the week, tied for third among all wide receivers in targets for the season. Seen at least eight in every game so far. The Lions have allowed at least one wide out to hit 12 targets and eight catches against them every week so far this year. And Watkins' intended air yards per target are actually up about a yard compared with his week one number in that category for each of the past two weeks. So there's nothing suffering about his game since the big opener against Jacksonville, other than he just hasn't happened to find the end zone. I'm going to go ahead and bet against that trend continuing you know, for much longer when he's playing with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you too, don't get off Sammy Watkins just because it does look he, he's going to be, you know, kind of popular. He's at least projected for, for more ownership than uh, Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman. So, you know, don't, don't get off Watkins like uh, you got off Mike Evans last week. I'm not even going to look at ownership projections this week. I'm going nice. to completely ignore them. I'm going to play the teams that I want to play, and then we'll see afterward how many other people are playing them. Yeah, I like that. I like that. On the tournament side, what are you playing at wideout? Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown for me. Just have a gut feel, you know, even beyond all the numbers that he's going to explode this week. But I mean, the numbers are there too. Usage has been great the past two weeks, even though he hasn't done what he did in that opener. Um, but he's seen 22 targets over the past two weeks, and he's second among all wide receivers in air yards, 372 air yards. So, you know, he's he's getting the chances. He, he really just missed a couple of big plays last week against the Chiefs. So, you know, if those start hitting, the upside's obviously huge. And he gets the Browns this week, who it looks like they're going to be without their top two corners again and their strong safety, Morgan Burnett. So really banged up secondary, great matchup for Marquise Brown. Yeah, and if you're not completely opposed to nicknames, then every time he scores on Sunday, you can be sitting there going, Hollywood, Hollywood. That's a good nickname, and it wasn't you know, it wasn't forced. It just sort of happened. So stamp of approval on that one. All right, good. You can even go as far as Hollywood always up to no good if he really gets going. Sure, yep, yep. On the tournament side, I'm going to also go back to another receiver who didn't really pay off for me last week, and I was using him a good bit. Is Larry Fitzgerald at $5,600. 
I, my way to buy into Kyler Murray this week because I'm not paying for Kyler Murray when he's just $100 cheaper than Russell Wilson on DraftKings. So I'll go ahead and take who I, I think is his best bet at receiver. Larry Fitzgerald tra- trails Christian Kirk by one target. He trails him by two catches for the year, but he leads Kirk by about two intended air yards per target, which is a pretty significant margin when we're talking about uh, somebody at about 10 and somebody at 7.9. Fitzgerald also leads Kirk by nearly four yards per reception. You would think that Christian Kirk is the downfield guy, but the old guy is getting some deeper looks with Kyler Murray in there. Larry Fitzgerald is also dominating red zone looks. So I think it's possible that if we do get the breakout game that people are hoping for from the Cardinals offense at some point on the passing side. I mean, we could see a Larry Fitzgerald game of like 120 and two touchdowns. Yeah, definitely possible. If you're talking cash games, I do prefer Kirk for the discount, but the air yards and the red zone usage, I think does give Fitz the higher ceiling. Yeah, makes sense. Tight end, what are you playing? I'm just going to eat the chalk on DraftKings and play Will Disley at 3600 bucks. I mean, it just lines up. The, the price is good. He's produced the last two weeks. Five catches, 50 yards, two touchdowns. Six catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. 12 targets over those two games, so a pretty nice number there. And he did that despite only running a pass route on about half of Russell Wilson's dropbacks. That was my concern at the start of the week. But now that Nick Vanette is off to Pittsburgh, I think his route rate is going to spike quite a bit. And he gets the matchup against the Cardinals, who have just been smoked by tight ends in all three of their games so far. Yeah, I mean, I haven't checked the blocking snaps this year, but I know at the beginning of last year, before Will Disley got hurt, he was playing more as a blocker even than Nick Vanette. So, I mean, that move certainly helps him overall. And I agree. I don't think that you want to head into week four with no Will Disley in DFS just because of how popular he's going to be. And like you said, at his price over here just makes him too attractive to pass up completely. Arizona's allowing 11 more PPR points per game to tight ends than any other team. So they're not only the most positive scoring matchup for the position, it's by a wide margin. Two straight Cardinals opponents have hit two touchdown passes to tight ends. Two tight ends already this year have topped 110 receiving yards against them. So, I mean, maybe Will Disley lets his band of owners down this week, or maybe he carries 30% of the tournament field with an 80-yard two-touchdown game. Yeah, I mean, so my plan, I'm going to play Disley and Cash. Then, you know, if he goes off, I'll be happy. But I'm probably going to fade him in tournaments just at that ownership. And the fact that it's still Will Disley, you know, he's not this proven stud. And you can pivot right down to TJ Hawkinson, who's $300 cheaper than Will Disley. He's probably going to have a tenth of the ownership. Hawkinson, I'm pretty comfortable saying he's a more talented player than Will Disley, a more talented pass catcher, at least. And, you know, he he's shown us the upside in week one, 28.1 DraftKings points. He's been quiet the past two weeks, but the usage has still been pretty good as far as his snap rate and his routes and all that stuff. And, you know, he, he just gives us cheap exposure to this Lions-Chiefs game, which should be a shootout. And the, the Chiefs have already allowed the most catches to tight ends, the fourth most yards. And it looks like Danny Amendola might miss this game with a chest injury. So, you know, that, that could push more targets Hawkinson's way. You're going to have to stop saying Will Disley's name the same way they used to say Gary Barnage's name. <laughs> oh man that don't bring up Barnage's name <laughs> it's too late anytime there's an opportunity I'm gonna bring up uh, Gary Barnage besides Will Disley is a veteran TJ Hawkinson's a new guy Will Disley's got like three more NFL games under his belt <laughs> yeah right right I have the same guy down for tournament side for really all the same reasons TJ Hawkinson at 3300 bucks the football outsiders actually says that the Chiefs are eighth in tight end coverage so far but as you mentioned they've mm-hmm. given up a lot of receptions Ravens tight ends didn't do a whole lot against them last week with 17 targets 
but the Raiders got nine for 99 yards on 12 targets the week before. Jaguars tight ends caught eight of nine targets in week one, so it sure doesn't look like a bad matchup so far. And pro football focus grades say it's not a bad matchup either. TJ Hawkinson's good enough to outplay the matchup, even if it is. And this is a fairly condensed passing game. You mentioned Danny Amendola. Most of his targets came in week one. Hawkinson's fourth on the Lions with 16 targets so far, but he's just three behind the two guys that are tied ahead of him. He's 10 ahead of Carrion Johnson. So it's been pretty concentrated among that top four. There should be targets. And as I mentioned on the Thursday podcast, Hawkinson drew three end zone looks against Philly. So he could easily be coming off a Will Disley game here and he could be getting a lot more attention, but he's not. And I think there will be a lot more passing. I think there'll be more passing success. I think there's lots of upside to Hawkinson. Yeah. yeah he's just the perfect tournament play versus Disley. who's going to be so much higher owned. Maybe he'll be Jordan Akins for us this week. <laughs> can only hope. Over to flex. What are you favoring there? So it's going to be my, my dude, Wayne Gallman and cash probably at the flex spot. Um, in, in tournaments, I just wanted to mention two cheaper upside wide receivers, Will Fuller at 4500 bucks. I actually missed this. I didn't mention it on uh, yesterday's preview podcast, but it looks like Dante Jackson is going to miss this game. Um, he was limited on Thursday, and then it sounds like he didn't practice at all on Friday. And you know he's the speedy cornerback that I thought could you know maybe hang with Will Fuller. So if he's out, I think this could be Fuller's breakout spot. And then the other guy is DK Metcalf at forty eight hundred bucks. Again, you know we we just love the Seahawks passing game. Metcalf still playing a bunch, still getting those downfield looks, so he has a lot of upside. Can't wait to watch Wayne Gallman get you eight points and you crown at that lineup. <laughs> That's the thing though. Even if he gets eight points, it's not you know it's not the end of the world for his price. It's <laughs> certainly not the end of the world. But it might be the end of your world for the weekend. <laughs> Chris Carson's in play. Carryon Johnson's in play. Rex Burkhead's in play. I think the Cardinals' wideouts are in play, especially if Demir Bird is not playing with his hamstring injury. High target wide receivers in the 5K to 7K range interest me. And one more that, that could be sneaky is Delaney Walker, if his knee is okay. I, I, I tried checking. I didn't see specifics on it. I know he missed practice Wednesday and Thursday, but I haven't read anything about what the specific injury is. Do you know yet? No, I haven't heard anything about it, um, which sort of makes me think it's just, you know, them giving the 35-year-old or whatever some time off. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, so most players, if they sit out Wednesday and Thursday with a knee injury, then I'd be like, eh, I don't know about using you this weekend. But Delaney Walker, right. at his age and at, like how long he's been with the Titans – and how much they respect him and how much he has shown us that he can play through injuries in the past. As long as he's active for the game, you know, unless there's something saying that he's significantly limited, I think he's a sneaky guy that I would be willing to use, at least in a tournament lineup. 4800 it would be kind of expensive at tight end, but I think it's a fine range for him at flex where you're putting him up against running backs and wide receivers. I think he's a good bet for targets. And according to Pro Football Focus, Delaney Walker versus Ricardo Allen is the biggest mismatch in tight end coverage on the slate this week. Yeah, I like that. I'll mention Paul Richardson again, too. I, I do think in tournaments at 3700 bucks, if McLaurin's out, I think Richardson's a decent player. I mean, he's, he's not a scrub, and, and, and the matchup's great, and he, he's a guy who can make big plays. I might have to find a spot for Trey Quinn, too, who was popping in high in our dollars per point rankings <laughs> at his $3,000 salary, I believe. Yeah, I saw that. I just feel like he's going to have to catch, like, you know, 12 balls to pay off. This is the week. <laughs> Good day. He's going to have the Jamison Crowder game. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. All right. At defense, I think either side of Bears Vikings looks good at 3400 bucks. The cheapest yeah. that I'll go is the Panthers at 2300 But maybe my most interesting one is the Falcons at 2900 as the home favorite against the Titans. Marcus Mariota took nine sacks last week. He took four sacks in each of the first two games. 
The offense scored 24 total points over the past two games. And I mean, their 43 in week one was grossly inflated by some sloppy Baker Mayfield late in that game. The Titans are tied for, or not tied, they rank 28th in the league in both total yards and yards per play so far. I mean, there's room for Derrick Henry to have a big day against Atlanta and for the Falcons defense to still be a good play. We've had no interceptions from Mariota so far this year. I think that just means he's due because (laughs) according to PFF, since 2015 heading into this season, he was tied for 27th among quarterbacks in percentage of turnover-worthy plays with guys like Eli Manning and Jay Cutler. Nice. Yeah, I honestly hadn't thought about the Falcons just because, you know, I, I don't think they're a good defense and they lost Ken O'Neill. Um, but yeah, it's a good spot. I mean, I could see them getting onto a lead and forcing Mariota to have to throw. And man, that Titans offense looked brutal last Thursday night. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Pan- the Panthers are, you know, where I'm looking in cash just because I like to go cheap. And I do think at 2300 bucks, I mean, that's that's super cheap. And they're a pretty good sack bet against the Texans in that offensive line. I like all those top defenses like the Vikings, the Ravens, but probably more tournament plays for me just at their price tags. Yeah, I will probably look to save and stay down in the 3000 range. And the Texans could easily score 30 points against the Panthers. But if they do that, I, I, I don't even remember how much do we know how much it takes away from you if the other team score? What do they have to score more than 35 to be negative points? Yeah, it sounds right. I'm, I'm looking back to see what the um, what the Chargers got me last week because I, you know, obviously played them against Houston and Houston put up like 27 points, but Chargers still got me four points. I mean, I, honestly, if I can get four points out of uh, Carolina at that price tag, I'm, I'm fine with it. Right. That's the thing. Down at that level, we can have a bad week. They could have five sacks and allow 30 points and still be a fine play. And I mean, if they are getting to Deshaun Watson a lot, certainly going to increase the chances that there's a turnover at some point. Right. Yep, exactly. All right. That's going to do it for this week four edition of the DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full week four rankings. Mess around with the lineup builder tool. That's where you can find DK dollars per point projections, ceiling projections, and different strategy options for building your lineups. Check back Saturday morning as well to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 